back at the recap, the part of Pastoring Out Loud where we spend time recapping the previous week's sermon. Genesis 5, Dave, your favorite kind of narrative sermon, genealogies. Talk to me about uh, genealogies. Yeah, well, Gen- Genesis 5 is great. Uh, there's these little these little nuggets hidden within the genealogy as well. thought Nick did a great job in the worship service, having us do a responsive reading with the genealogy too, helping get our hearts ready to worship <laughs> over genealogy. So I was grateful for that intro. Yeah, Genesis 5 is really looking at the line of Seth, which is kind of the opposite line of Cain coming out of Genesis 4. And the, the things I observed in Genesis 5 were, one, that everyone in that line dies. Um, well, everyone except for one person dies. And uh, I think even the way Alan read the scripture, at least for my son and, and my wife, was, was really helpful just to realize this the shadow of death that kind of spread to the whole world through the consequences of sin. So we see that. We see that in that line. Uh, we also see in the line this guy who is seventh from Adam named Enoch. Uh, and he's kind of opposite of Lamech from chapter four, who's seventh from Adam in the bad line. And Enoch walks with God uh, in faith, believing God is real and rewards those who draw near to him from Hebrews eleven five to 6. And God takes him up, <laughs> picks him up and Enoch doesn't die. And I think that's meant for us to have a picture of resurrection life by faith in the midst of this genealogy of death. So he's, he's meant to be an example to us of, of what faith brings about. And I think we see that connection explicitly then in Hebrews 11. And then uh, that genealogy in Genesis 5 ends with Noah who shows up again in another genealogy in Luke three that we read together as a, as a church. And that's the genealogy of Jesus. And I think that we're meant to see that ultimate resurrection life, ultimate rest, ultimate hope, ultimate peace, ultimate, all those things comes by faith in the promised offspring through the line of Seth and Noah all the way to Jesus who comes and and all the promises of God find their yes in him, promises of salvation and freedom from sin and shame and eternal life with him. So yeah, there's a lot. That's a that's a packed genealogy as as we see it. So as we find genealogies throughout the Bible, and maybe we're gonna bump into a few more in the book of Genesis. What are things that we should be just like most people probably gloss over genealogies, hopefully, you know, in its proximity to Genesis three with the repeated and he died and he died. And then the couple little glimpses that uh, you kind of provided for us on Sunday. I mean, I, I think there's more to genealogies than just a, you know, a, a rote list. Um, there's often much more meaning packed in. So we get into more genealogies later on, just what are the significance of some of those or of genealogies in general, especially in Genesis? Yeah, in Genesis, I think you actually brought it up in your sermon, didn't you? We talked about these are the generations of. 
So that that begins to that begins to mark the book of Genesis, and it really is is marking off uh, in Genesis. I think it's marking off these time periods that are meant to kind of raise your awareness to hey, God's working again, or hey, God's still working, and He's working in real time with real people and real history, and meant to really show. I think what the thing that connects him is this promise of this offspring uh, that that there's this there's this movement uh, of God to continue to work for the good of his people and the glory of his name in all sorts of ways, right? He, all sorts of common grace ways, all sorts of um, provision ways, all sorts of ways right in that moment, in that time, but also meant to say, hey, all these ways that I'm providing for you, all these things I'm doing, th- there's going to come a day where I'm going to fulfill them all ultimately, in this promised offspring that's going to come through this line, which is why, you know, like the new Testament begins with a genealogy um, to pick up on that theme and say, Hey, here it is again. God's still doing it. We're in, we're in the same book folks. Yeah. There's an old covenant. There's a new covenant, but God's working uh, through his people by faith towards this promised offspring one day soon. And, And, you know, you love, you love that book called revelation and even in Revelation, we we see, you know, all sorts of uh, fulfillments and shadows of this of this offspring language, you know, this this promised one language that's going to come and make all things new. So I, I think I think that's the main purpose they serve is to mark in Genesis in particular, hey, God's going to work this way at this time. And then they serve the, you know, that bigger kind of meta theme and meta narrative throughout the whole Bible. But you knew that. You just you just ask good questions. Thanks. So, a couple quick hits, real fast. The numbers here they lived until eight hundred, nine hundred years. Uh, are those accurate? Do we trust that those are accurate? There are some that say you know the numbers in the Old Testament have become corrupted over time, especially those that perhaps don't believe in the inerrancy of scripture. What would you say in response to that? Yeah, I, I think, I think that they're accurate. Um, I think that, I think again, it's, it's Moses through various uh, uh, people that he's talking to um, recording history. Uh, And, and we got to remember that there's a lot of these people that would have been, alive <laughs> to self attest to their, their being alive at the time. Um, w- which makes it all the, all the more likely that Moses isn't just making stuff up. Um, so that, that'd be a logical way to think about it. Um, and then, yeah, the, the numbers are a bit crazy for us to imagine, right. That there's, that there's just this unbelievable length of life. And I don't, I mean, I'd be curious to hear what you think about that. The best I've been able to come to, as I've just thought about it and kind of uh, ruminated on it, is that, man, sin just entered the world, <laughs> and the corruption is going to keep growing, and the sin is going to keep growing, and the, the consequences are probably going to keep exponentially breaking stuff more and more um, as far as how we get to the shorter lives that we generally live now. Um, but that's just a that's just an educated hypothesis as I've thought about it. I don't know yes. if you guys- so Genesis 6, 3, 
Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. So I think that there's a uh, an aspect in which God breathing into Adam um, and the proximity of descendants from that initial creative event, uh, you know, what, what God says in Genesis 6, 3 is, you know, in a sense, my spirit, uh, my presence, which I think is in some way preserving um, for a length of days, you know, people alive, is going to be removed now and people will not live as long. So I think there's something about proximity to the creative event, probably, that, that means that, which then I think is coextensive with your answer. In some sense, sin has entered the world. Sin is corrupting everything, and that is uh, what happens where sin moves into a space where God is either God for the sake of not destroying uh, those that are present. He removes himself, um, or um, the sin that enters into his presence is itself destroyed, including those that um, are marked by its. Good. Second hit, last thing. Is what happened to Enoch essentially what happened to Elijah later in the Bible? So Elijah um, was swept up on chariots of fire in First Kings, I think it was. Is that essentially the same thing, you know, and you're just wondering, hey, what happened to Enoch? Go look at a little bit more detail later in your Bible, or would you distinguish the two at all? No, I, th- I think, uh, I mean, as, as far as we can know, Right. I mean, the, the phrase with Enoch is, is pretty generic. I mean, like you said, there's, there's not much detail there. So I think as far as we can know, um, that, yeah, I, I find that the, the example later to be helpful, a helpful further descriptor. Um, I don't think that we can know for sure just because we don't have as much detail with Enoch, but that would be my general take. Great. Well, Dave, thanks for joining me on the recap. Always fun. 